0: Might be, he might be an odd dude. Might be, might not even be the right term there. He just is an odd dude. He finds himself, he's a very problematic human in many ways. That game winner was pretty sweet, though. Game winner at the buzzer. Corsi gets the final shot off. They win. And that in turn means I win because I bet on him at plus eight and a half. And that's just life. Shout-out James Bridges. Good job on that one. All right, let's go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's talk to one of our favorites, local kid done good. His name is Miles Simmons. He writes for ProFootballTalk.com, and he joins us here now on The Fan. Well, Miles, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm good. I feel like I always call you after, like, big happiness for the Browns. And so, I, I just, just so you know, I owe you one phone call after things seem like the, they're just going completely awful. But every time something goes well, I think of you because you are from Cleveland. And I know you care about this a lot more than most people in the national media scene. And so, I don't know. Something about it feels good, Miles.
1: I have no problem with talking about the good things. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's almost better. And look, there have been a lot of good things to talk about this season. I mean, I didn't expect that this team would be 9-5 and five after Deshaun Watson goes down with the, the shoulder injury. And you know he's out for the season. Certainly didn't expect Joe Flacco to play as well as he has in the biggest moments of games, and you know, so here we are, and the Browns are on the cusp of clinching a playoff berth, and it could happen this weekend if things a lot of things, a lot of things go right. Well, no easy questions, though.
0: You know how this works. No way so this one's gonna be tough. Um why Very is De, why is Defansky Fla it's the one I can't answer. Why is Defansky Flacco working in a way that Stefanski Watson hasn't yet?
1: Oh, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, Joe Flacco has a lot of experience in different offenses, and he's a veteran guy. He's had more success. He's won a Super Bowl. right? And, I mean, yeah, he's coming off of being on the couch, but when you were a starting quarterback for that long, I I would imagine that some of it is like riding a bike. It's not just going to go away all of a sudden. And you look at Deshaun Watson. I mean, he hadn't played since the 2020 season going into last year, the long suspension, then gets in. And then this year, he was maybe kind of getting a little bit of a rhythm, gets hurt, comes back in, actually does get into a rhythm against Baltimore, as we are mentioning, and then he gets hurt again. So there are a lot of things that I think go into it, but, but the biggest thing I think is just Joe Flacco's experience, right? And, you know, when you have somebody who has made deep playoff runs, who has been to a Super Bowl, who's won a Super Bowl, been a Super Bowl MVP, that affects things. So I think that's mostly why it, it's the experience and the ability that Placco still has.
0: The 300-yard games, though, it just it, it's odd to me. And, and for every vote of confidence for Stefanski, it then in turn this is where this is going, Miles. It just in turn uh, seems like a lesser a, a vote in Deshaun Watson.
1: Yes and no. I, I the the thing is, and I guess I'm making excuses, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> that's okay. The, yeah. Uh, sometimes I just like to recognize what it is that I'm doing. <laughs> I like that. You know, what, what, Watson has just not had the full time with Stefanski and he had so much stuff going on off the field, you know, and being suspended for as long as he was for what he, um, for what the NFL found that he did. And when you come back. And there's a lot more pressure, I think, riding on Deshaun Watson than there is right now on Joe Flacco. I mean, like Joe Flacco's playing when I was money. And that's the difference. And also when Nick Chubb goes out in week two, the offense changes. You know, you don't necessarily have the same sort of things that you were counting on in training camp and all this. And so, Like I said, it, I think the jury is still out on what Deshaun Watson can be. For the Cleveland Browns, I mean, he's still going to be the quarterback. So, you know, we can fight about this all we want, but like (laughs) Mm you can argue about it, but it's it's, it's the same result is going to happen, right? Deshaun Watson is going to be the Browns starting quarterback in 2024, barring something completely unforeseen. Um, But I think right now in this temporary situation, enjoy the hell out of the ride and enjoy the hell out of what Joe Flacco can bring to the table because obviously it's working.
0: Miles, I if I ask you can the Browns beat anyone in the AFC, I'm not saying should they, but can they? The way this AFC feels pretty wide open right now.
1: Yes. I I know what you mean, and I think the answer is yes. And it's because of the defense, really, and, and which is the reason why the Browns won that game on Sunday over the Bears. I mean, the the defense kept getting stop after stop after stop, and we've been seeing that all year. You know, when you have somebody like Miles Garrett who commands the attention that he does, and you've got guys that can play off of that on the defensive line so well, and you have the talented members of the secondary like the Browns do, Now you hope Denzel Ward can get back to where he can be playing every single snap because – that makes the secondary so much better. And I don't mean that to put down anybody else's back there. But look, Denzel Ward's an elite corner. So having him and then having also Miles Garrett, it it makes things a lot different and it makes things a lot tougher for opposing offenses. And basically, I mean, when you look at the AFC, everybody is fallible in some way. Mm -hmm. The Browns have already beaten Baltimore this year, right? And they did it on the road. So like that's not something that is completely unfamiliar to them. Kansas city has got a completely unreliable wide receiving core. You start playing physical with Miami and sometimes Chua Tagovailoa just doesn't play quite as well. And who knows how healthy Tyreek Hill's going to be off the ankle. The Browns have already beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? I mean, they already beaten the Colts. You know, the Bills. The, the Bills scare me, but there's no no guarantee that they're even going to be in the postseason. They, they in the lost first to play. Zach
0: Wilson, Mac Jones, and Russell Wilson. I'm not that scared.
1: I know, I know, but they're not playing like that anymore, man. And it's funny because I, I think that in some ways, Ken Dorsey was the scapegoat. Right because of everything that happened there and it was kind of weird when the special teams coordinator fails and the head coach fails. Oh gosh, let's go fire the offensive coordinator. But to Sean McDermott's credit, things under Joe Brady and the way that offense is running, I mean, it looks way more fluid. I mean they just they beat the brakes off Dallas and they didn't really even have to use peak Josh Allen. The problem with Pete Josh Allen is he turns the ball over, and so the Browns can pressure him if they were to face the Bills in the playoffs. Yeah, they could beat them too. So, But yeah, to answer the question, like yes, I think the Browns can beat anybody as long as they play clean football, which frankly they haven't necessarily been doing offensively, and the defense is on their stuff during the game.
0: Let me ask you this. This is a very Northeast Ohio thing of me to say, so I'm going to relate it this way. With the Dolphins, uh, I want to talk about Vape God, Mike McDaniel, for a second. They're the Ohio State football Ryan Day era of NFL teams. Are they not? Like They're great at beating cupcakes, but they don't win the big games, right? They lost to the Bills, the Eagles, the Chiefs. Tell me it's not perfect.
1: I mean, they've got some, they've got three big ones coming up to end the season. And I think it's going to tell us a lot about what that team is, right? They play um, this week. they, They play Dallas and they're at home. I think they go to Baltimore in week 17. And then they finish off the season at home against the Bills. So if they get out of this stretch of the season, two and one, then they're going to be all right. If they don't, then we are really going to be able yeah, to mean, have those questions asked because they might make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go far. Miles, good job hanging 45
0: on the Commanders. That's like Ryan Day putting up 45 against Northwestern. I've seen it. I've seen it.
1: <laughs> I put up 70 on the Broncos. Yeah, yeah the Broncos yeah. are... I know, so look. I mean, it's not... I, I get it. I, I get what you're saying, but I think they're starting to play a little bit better, They're starting to play a little bit more physical on the defensive side with Vic Fangio, and I think... His system and getting Jalen Ramsey back and more comfortable and you get all those guys in the secondary. Bradley Chubb is playing that much better. I think Miami is going to play really well in these last three games. I know that they had that setback against Tennessee, but maybe that will do something to refocus them going into these last three games. I I do think they're going to play well.
0: Miles, historically, this is a spot where I feel like profootballtalk.com would shine, and I'm a little upset that I haven't seen as much on it. You guys are covering it like a snuggie, but I, I just a little bit more would be nice. We mentioned Miles Garrett earlier. Miles Garrett has publicly admonished the NFL. He has, after weeks of staying silent on it, he has gone out and he's been critical. And then he, and then you watch a game last week. I mean, he got assaulted by the Bears, and I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Roger Goodell's in attendance for that game. I don't know what else he's supposed to do after already making the public complaints and then just going back into the idea of like, all right, like, do I have to? I, I don't know. Does he get like media people to just start attacking a bunch of clips about him being held? What does miles do to get that, that type of call to go his way where it
1: hasn't all year? I don't know. And well, here's the thing. And this is the, I don't know to necessarily call it a dirty little secret, but because it's not that secretive, but the NFL likes quarterbacks to be available and they like teams to score points because more points are inherently more exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's why offensive linemen get away with certain things, right? Like go back to week one and we're all watching Juwan Taylor and everybody's like, you know, Leo in that meme pointing at the television, right? <laughs> hey, hey, he's, moving. He's, he's gone before the South, right? And they let him get away with it because that helps protect, the best quarterback in the league. And then, you know, everybody started complaining about it. So, yeah, then they started calling it a little bit more. But it's the same thing. I mean, I covered the Rams for five years day to day, and you watch basically every single play Aaron Donald gets held, right? And it's the same sort of thing. And the incredible thing is these guys who have that superhuman ability, like a Donald, like a Miles Garrett, they still somehow find out, figure out ways to make plays. I don't know how they do it because they shouldn't be able to do it because you've got to have basically two, three people holding on to him every single play order for him to not wreck the game. And so that's part of why I think teams kind of get away with it is because officials don't really want Miles Garrett landing on quarterbacks all the time or Aaron Donald landing on quarterbacks all the time because that wrecks the game and it adds the potential for injury of a QB. So all that is to say I don't really know what else Miles is going to be able to do because mm. it's not going to be easy for him to not get the hack-a-shack stuff that he was talking about. Oh, it, that's it, a good it's, point. I, you would hope that, you'd hope that, you know, at a certain point when it's so blatantly obvious, like I saw a clip of it, there was one where he was just thrown down by somebody like they, they grabbed him by the collar and threw him. Like you can't do that. Those are the things that are so blatant that they really do need to get called. But some of the play-to-play stuff, I, I don't know what he's gonna be able to do to get that.
0: Miles, we've got a report out there tonight. CJ Stroud, who missed Sunday's win over the Titans, is still in the concussion protocol and likely to miss a second straight game. The drop off from CJ Stroud to Case Keenum, for my friends in the desert, how many points is that? What do you think that is that five points? Is that six points? What's the difference there with Keenum now
1: instead of Stroud? Oh, potentially fourteen, not five, seven. What do you mean? Oh, okay, yeah. fourteen. Okay,
0: all right. I thought I thought Keenum actually looked pretty good in the game last Sunday, but I I see what you're saying. Uh,
1: he was all right. He's, no, mean, he's he no CJ Stroud, we know that. But no, that and that's what I mean. I mean, look, think about the difference in the way that CJ Stroud was playing earlier this year. Look, the Bucks defense is not necessarily what it once was, but that's still a good defense, and he's going out there putting up point after point after point. I and mean, the thing is too that. that Offense has been decimated by injuries, right? You know, a couple of receivers are now out, and C.J. Stroud obviously being out makes things that much worse. Yeah, Tank Dell out, Nico
0: Collins missed last Sunday, yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. So they already were kind of up against it, but then you take C.J. Stroud out of there, yeah, I mean, that's – I think that's potentially two touchdowns of difference because Keenan may be able to move the ball a little bit, But, I mean, you know, the Browns have a decent gauge on who Case Keenum is because he was in the building under the Stefanski regime, not with Jim Schwartz. But, you Mm -hmm. know, Jim Schwartz, I think, can understand exactly what he needs to do against Case Keenum. And, look, the the Browns, I think, understand that they need to play better on the road, right? And this is an opportunity for them to really show off what they can do against a guy that was the third-string quarterback for most of the season. And, look, if – the Texans were to say, actually, this week, let's play Davis Mills. That almost plays even better into the Browns' favor because Keenum at least can move around a little bit and be a chaos agent. Davis Mills is more of a statue. So I I would anticipate that Keenum will be the guy that's out there, and I I would anticipate the Browns' defense to be able to play well.
0: One big picture question. Uh, Did Brock Purdy lock
1: up the MVP this past weekend? I don't think he did, I, I, but Dak really kind of lost it. You know, you can't go up to Buffalo and play that poorly and then think that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you deserve to be taken ter- seriously when all you can do is win at home. Um, I think Brock Purdy has been great. I think people underrate what he does because he has a talent around him and because he has a scheme that he has. But you look at the ball placement, and this is, I think, really important. You know, he gives guys a chance to catch and run most of the time when he's delivering the ball. And that's why his yards per attempt, they're so high. Yards for completion, they're so high because guys aren't just catching it, they catch and run. And also, he's not just dinking and dunking down the field like a Jimmy Garoppolo kind of was when he was leading that offense. He He throws the ball down the field and he throws a good ball. So I understand why Purdy could and arguably should get MVP. But I'll say this, if Tyreek Hill comes back and that Miami Dolphins offense takes off and they play well in these last 3 and somehow Tyreek Hill breaks Calvin Johnson's record or maybe he even gets to 2000 with that, then I think Tyreek Hill might have a very 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 good argument about winning MVP because when he's on the field that Dolphins offense is totally different. It is so much more dynamic, mm-hmm. and you can just tell the comfort level that Tonga Bailoa has with Hill, but it's because Hill is just that elite.
0: Miles, fantastic insight as always, and uh, you know what? Screw it. Every time I talk to you, it's going to be at a very positive Browns thing. Okay. Okay, I'm fine
1: with we'll that. that. We'll make that
0: our deal. At the highest points Perfect. of the Browns seasons, we'll just we'll have conversations off seasons too, and we'll just we'll just reconvene. Uh, none of the bad stuff, only the good stuff. Thank you, Miles. I love it. Take care, man. All right, good stuff right there. Check them out, ProFootballTalk.com, as always, and the North Armstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hot One. I don't know why it always ended up that way. Every time it was like something really positive. I thought, you know, who'd be nice to have on? Miles Simmons, and that way, and then we get him on, and then uh, I, but I didn't, I never stuck him with any of the bad stuff. But that's how you guys know what I feel right now after that Bears game. I'm all positive right now.